Welcome to the Skin Club Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel, a licensed esthetician and certified laser technician. And I'm Alita, a licensed esthetician and integrative health practitioner. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. Hey everyone, this is Ryder, Alita's husband and self-proclaimed quote-unquote audio engineer for the Skin Club Podcast. Quick disclaimer before getting into the episode, the audio quality is not up to par this week. Thankfully, their guest sounds great, but Alita and Rachel's track was corrupted while recording and has been salvaged enough to hopefully not take away from the listening experience. It's nowhere near perfect, so please bear with me this week. Thanks for coming back each week. We appreciate the support and enjoy the episode. Okay, hello you guys and welcome back to another episode of the Skin Club Podcast. I think I can speak for both Aluda and I and say this is the most exciting episode we have ever done for an episode. We have been getting requests for this guest to join us since day one, since we started last January. Yeah. So we are just so excited to be here. So let's welcome Savannah Boda, also known as the Dallas Esthetician. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I just can't wait to get into everything. We are so excited. Thank you. And so just for anyone who might live under a rock, do you want to share a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got started, and why you're the best, all the things? (laughs) You're so sweet. Um, Well, I was in nursing school, and I always had good skin all through high school. I was like that one girl. I remember all of like my friend's moms would be like, Nikki, which is my mom, what are you doing with Savannah's skin? Like, what are you using? Like, why isn't she getting like teenage breakouts? And I was literally like the magic child that didn't get any acne and I didn't do anything special. I used clean and clear. I mean, I really <laughs> have been like a spokesperson for clean and clear because my skin was clean and clear. Um, and so I never understood like the mental impact that skin had. And when my friends would get breakouts and they'd be like upset about it, like I just couldn't empathize with it because it's just like one of those things, like when you don't have something, someone else's, it's very hard to be empathetic and like understand where they're coming from. Um, and so anyways, I got on an IUD or Nexaplan implanted device and it caused so much acne for me in college. And I had no idea how to take care of my skin, like at all. And I was like, oh my gosh, like now I am feeling it. And it was like, I feel like there's always, I was talking about this last night actually with a friend. I was like, there's always one thing about you that's like your saving grace. Like you feel a little chunky or you feel a little bad about your outfit, but you're like, oh, at least my skin looks good. Or I like my nose or I like my hair. Or there's always like one thing about yourself that even when you feel so down in the dumps, there's one thing that you have that you love. And that was my skin. And so when everything went to crap, I was like, I have my skin. And when I lost that, I was like full spiral, full spiral, 180. I was like, didn't know what to do. I was off my parents' payroll, so they were not paying for my beauty products anymore. And I just remember waiting tables and just saving up all this money to go and buy like this magic cream that I saw on the internet that said like, it'll cure your acne in like three days. And I fell for that every time because when you are in, it's just like the weight loss industry, like beauty industry and weight loss industry, it can be such like a dark place because people are so desperate to get results and be helped that they will believe anything because you want to believe you want to know you want to think, oh, this cream that someone's not going to lie about this, like it's going to work like they wouldn't just be promoting it. Um, And nine out of 10 times people aren't honest, right. And so I just remember getting my heart broken, my bank account drained, trying to cure my skin while in nursing school. And I always knew I wanted to help people. And so when I found out about the aesthetics industry, I was like, okay, I can help other people help myself. And it's something I'm passionate about. I just, I 
fell in love when I started researching about skin. Like I wanted to do that and keep like reading about skin and not what I was learning in nursing school. So that's when I was like, okay, we're just going to make the switch. Um, And I did, and it was scary, but I mean, it's the best thing I ever did. I never thought I would be, you know, where I am today in my career, but I think that's like the beautiful thing is like, you never know where you're going until you get there. And, you know, totally. Yeah. How far into nursing school were you before you decided like, nope, I want to switch to aesthetics? About a year and a half. Okay. Wow. So were you actually in the nursing program or did you like just do the prereqs to get into it? Prereqs, girl. Prereqs. Like a year and a half prereqs. And then I, I like... Yeah, I wasn't in a nursing program yet, okay. but I was like getting ready to be a nurse and doing like chemistry, all the pre-rat classes. And yes. I was no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, worked out. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and I, I love how much light you've shed into the aesthetics industry. And like, I feel like it's kind of hard for like really niche um, careers to grow a big platform. And I just think that you've done it so well and like, portrayed like the industry so well and like like you really can like the sky's the limit truly with like yeah. this industry so you've done a great job with that Thank you. And <laughs> it's funny when people ask me about that too because I remember being on Instagram and like having 200 followers and being like I'm never gonna have like 5,000 followers like that's not gonna happen like there's so many estheticians like I before I wanted to do skin this is while I was like I don't know probably from 13 up, I've always been in love with makeup and I always wanted to be like, you know, a Nikki tutorials or like Patrick yes. makeup tutorials on YouTube. And that's something I always wanted to do. And I would record videos and never post them. because I was like, it's just so jam packed. Like that industry is just so packed. Like I would never make it like, why even try? Like you're wasting your time. Like it's stupid. And I would tell myself that all the time. And that's what I also was telling myself about the aesthetics industry. And I remember one day I was just like, okay, like, what if you just try? (laughs) Like, what if you just say, what if, you know, and stop like cock blocking yourself, stop putting (laughs) here, you know, and the what ifs and the people in high school that are going to be like, oh my God, Savannah thinks he's famous with like her 200 followers doing a live video and like all the cringe stuff that I did in the beginning. But that's what you have to do to grow a platform. It's like, no one just blows up, you know, it just, it slowly has to build. Um, so yeah, I definitely had that mindset that there was no room for me in this industry in the very beginning. Oh my goodness. So when, how long ago was that? Probably 2019. 2019. 2019. So, okay, wait, we're going to, we're going to dive all like all the way into this. Okay. Um, like, Yes, we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive, but let's start out really quick with our weekly favorites. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I'm just like tell us everything. <laughs> yes. and then and then we'll dive a little bit more into like the details of your story. Perfect. Okay. So yeah. Savannah, what's your weekly favorite? Mm, okay, I just got this lip liner from Makeup by Mario in the color Toasty, and I've been wearing oh, it for nice. the past few days, and I'm obsessed with it. So I'd say that's my weekly fave. And on TikTok, did y'all know? Midnight, no, Space Cowboy from Urban Decay is back. So for me, and I I don't know how old Rachel is, but I know we're 25, so this is like our generation for okay, sure. Yes, I'm 24. I'm right under you. Yeah. Right there with us. Right there with yes. us. Like, Urban Decay like, was the it girl, like makeup, yes. like, everything. And so I'm like, like seeing stuff that we did as kids come back. Totally. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. And that's so exciting you say that too, because my weekly favorite is also makeup. Um, makeup by Mario 2 in particular. 
So it was actually an accident. I ordered the, what's it called? I took a picture so I wouldn't forget. The Soft Sculpt Transforming Skin Enhancer. It's just I like, saw that on TikTok too. Yes. So pretty, so natural, just light coverage. And I ordered it online on Black Friday and they were out of what I thought would be my shade. So I'm like, oh, I'll go shade darker. When I have a spray tan, it'll be fine. And I got it and it's like way too dark for me. So I started using it as like a contour and it's my favorite contour I've ever used. Oh my gosh. Because it's so natural. It's not like harsh lines or anything like that. So what color did you end up getting? So I got light medium. Okay. So yeah, if you're similar tone to me, light medium is a great contour. So yeah, no, that's my weekly favorite too. I love that. That's amazing. I just ordered it too. So I'm excited and I got light medium because they were out of light. So I'm going to be... I'm. Pretty pale like you, so I'm gonna use it. It hasn't come in yet, but oh my I'm gosh, gonna- yes, that's amazing. Let me know. Use it as a contour; it works great. I <laughs> wish I knew more about makeup. <laughs> okay, my weekly favorites. Okay, so I um just started. I guess okay, I've been using like light stem with my hydrofacial for like this past year. Uh-huh. Love it, but I just got the handheld ones and I'm like now retailing them, and so that's my weekly favorite is just being able to sell the red lights because I'm all about red light therapy, all that good stuff. And then my second favorite is my skincare soups that I've been making. I've been like talking about different ingredients in soups that help your skin because I'm all about that connection with like nutrition and skin. And so I've just been like having so much fun cooking because I'm such a bad cook. But I, my goal next year is just to become a really good cook. So I'm starting off with skincare soups because I need to make a book. I will. I will. Like skincare soups for the soul. Like the chicken noodle soups for the soul, but like skincare soups for the skin or something. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people, um, especially like people I feel like have a hard relationship with food sometimes. And so I'm like, okay, everyone loves skin. Everyone loves skincare. And so let's just connect like... For example, carrots, vitamin A, peppers, vitamin C, and like just tell them like the vitamins behind it and like making excited about like how it can benefit their skin rather than like not just liking the food because it's like a vegetable, you know? I love it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, like, if you told me like broccoli would make me look, you know, young forever, then I would eat it. Yes. Like make that relationship connected to skincare and just yeah heal it with the soul I so. wish cheetos would make me look young forever oh gosh, same that would be a better world <laughs> so that's my weekly favorite but what's your weekly update do you have anything that has happened this week so my son turned one yesterday um so i have a one-year-old now I'm oh my gosh else I mean my husband's one year marriage anniversary was the day before that because we were the crazy people that ran to the courthouse nine months pregnant and a messy yes. son and a big Narvana t-shirt <laughs> and we're like let's get married um and then we had our baby right after so yeah it was That's really so exciting funny. um we're having our actual wedding in February so we'll be able to have a different date because it's just stressful to plan like yes. an anniversary and then your kid's birthday it's just too much like right next to each other and Christmas time totally. um December is a wild month for me, but I think that's it. Yeah. Nothing Perfect. else is really exciting in my life. I feel like everything <laughs> stays the same. It's I guess that's how it is with being a business owner and a mom. I feel like it's just like that until it's yes. not. Yep. <laughs> but that's so exciting. So what it, I saw like a little bit about Cyrus's birthday. What was like the whole theme that you did? Like tell us about his birthday. 
So we did winter one Durland because it was winter and like, I was like, I wanted to do like rodeo and like, do like have like little horses and stuff there. But I was like, I don't want to like spend all this money for something. He's like literally not going to understand or like know what's happening. And honestly, everyone says like, it's for the parents more. Um, So I was like, I'm just going to rent out this like little, it's called peak and play in Texas. It's just like this little room that like has like little kid villages in it. And so we just got to play. And I was like, that's all he wants to do. Like he's one, like we can all eat cupcakes and just watch him run around. We'll crawl around. He's not walking. um, And just put stuff in his mouth and all of that. So it was fun. We had margaritas after and um, (laughs) it was good. It was a good birthday. It was fun. That's so awesome. fun. And can I just say that cake, his cake looked beautiful. Like with the blue, like rainbow looking. That was beautiful. Those cakes. And they actually taste so good too. Like I'm telling you, she was on like one of those Food Network cake shows or whatever too. But oh I found her through Instagram. I just literally was just typing in like Dallas cakes and she came up and I was like, okay, she's so talented. You guys have to stalk her page. It's called Wild Child Cupcakes. And it's just so aesthetically pleasing the way she does stuff. Like she can make anything. That's okay. amazing. Also, um, I love your hair. Like you're going darker right now. I, like I saw your picture last night, and it just like looks so good. I love like the oh, more natural. It looks super cute. So thank you. Anyway. I know. I think subconsciously I wanted people to tell me I looked more like Cyrus, so I like dyed my hair <laughs> this color because everyone was saying that like, he was Lance's twin. I was like, no, 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 no. I said, let me dye my hair his color, and then y'all tell me if we're twins or not. Um, yeah. But- also trying to also embrace more of the natural side of my hair and help it grow with all the postpartum and the bleach. And I've just been so bleach blonde my entire life. And I just, the maintenance is awful. I just want to be home more now that I have a kid. I'm like, I just, I try to keep myself less high maintenance. So this helps me not go get my hair done every eight weeks. Totally. Mm-hmm. I have two toehead babies. So like blonde hair, blue eyes look identical to my husband. And I'm like, great. Awesome. I did all the work for nine months, now well, 18 months worth of pregnancy. And just for them to look like my husband, like awesome. So now I'm like slowly adding more blonde into my hair so I can look like my two daughters. So I love like, it. So how so. we change our hair to look like our kids. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your weekly update? So, okay. My update. So Last December, I found it. It's called the Skin Masterclass. Um, I'm not sure where she's based. I think she's based in like Australia, I want to say. But anyways, she does a class and she just dives into like different skincare ingredients and formulations. And so I have been thinking about taking it since I found the class a year ago. And just this past week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to take class so I started the class this week and it's been really good so far I'm like not very far at all but I'm really excited about it because I've been thinking about it for so long it's about just like formulating different products or is it just going to depth about like different ingredients and things it's like both so like the first couple it's it's a 10 hour program um and so the first two hours is just on vitamin c and like l-squared acid and then like the different stuff so i'm excited it's been good so far that's amazing so that's that's my update sweet okay um okay so i kind of already shared my update but i'm officially retailing lights dim lights so i'm super excited so if you want one just message me um and then the second thing we just wanted to update you guys about your sweat sets the second round they've all been shipped by the time that you've heard this they're 
you'll hopefully have one. And then we have another launch coming at the end of the year. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> it's super exciting. So that's it. <laughs> okay, well, let's dive into more about Savannah. We are so freaking excited. Okay, so let's ask you this first question. So what got you, um, I guess, like what started your passion with aesthetics? Was it struggling with your own skin or have you always had a passion for skin? I think I've always had a passion for the beauty industry. Like I just have always been such a girly girl, like always into makeup, skincare, like hair stuff. Like I just love, I love it. Like I love (laughs) doing makeup, feeling good, all of that stuff. So I think I've always had a passion for beauty and just um, that industry. But I think what really sparked my interest with skin was definitely struggling with my own and realizing like how much of an impact it makes on your mental health. Like I will remember one of my most vivid memories. It was me and my husband's, but he was my boyfriend at the time, our first anniversary. And I remember I was getting like ready in my close up mirror and like my skin just looked so bad. And I put on my foundation and it just like made it look even worse. And just, I was just so bumpy and my like acne just, you could just see it. And I remember just like crying and like, I almost like blacked out. Like, do you ever like get so like in a moment that you don't realize how much time has passed and you're just like in your heels and then you're like, whoa, it's been an hour. And he's like blowing up my phone and I'm like, what? He's like, I'm here. And I'm like full tears, only had foundation on. I "I can't go. I was like, I don't want to go. Like, I can't go. Like, I am just so upset. And, you know, it's just so many little things like that that I missed out on because of my skin. And I, we ended up not going. We ordered Chick-fil-A, watched a movie and like at our house, which was like great too. But I mean, there were just so many times I remember that like I wasn't as happy as I could have been because of my skin. And I just, I felt like that took away from what experiences I were, I was like trying to do, whether it was like going out with family. Like I just remember not being in a good mood because of my skin. And now when I have clients that are like that, I remember I used to take it so personal in the beginning and I had to like sit myself down one day and I was like, Savannah, like you did that too, but not to like your esthetician, but to your boyfriend, to your parents, like you start treating people around you different because you don't love yourself and you feel so bad about yourself. And I'd have clients come in and they're just like so quiet. And I'm like, they hate me. Like, why are they here? Like they literally hate me, but they're just so unhappy with themselves. And then once their skin would get clear and they get their confidence back, they're like, Oh my God. Hi Savannah. Like, how are you? And you can see they're dressed in a little different. They spray perfume. Like, you know, they just, they, feel better. And you can just feel that like energy and this, their happiness. And they just seem so much lighter, you know, they just yeah. walk out like this cloud over their head. And so, um, that's really what wanted, what I wanted to do was help other people and just make them feel beautiful and get to the source of, you know, their skin problems, because it really is such a big thing. And I think a lot of people see it as like vain or, you know, just, the beauty industry, but there are parts of the industry that, you know, we really are changing lives. And even with little things too, like waxing, like, yeah, you're changing lives. If someone doesn't want to shave or they want to live their life and they don't want to have to be tied down one more times with their kids and not have to waste time shaving their legs every day, like everything we do always impacts our life in a certain way, you know? So I just think there's such a place for everyone and what we do. And it's not just so superficial. Like people try to make it seem. Totally. Um, so what did that look like for you, like the process of clearing your skin? Like what did you do to clear your skin when you were like at its worst to where it is now? Honestly, it took so much trial and error. My skin was awful through aesthetic school. Um, I was a big picker. I think that was the worst thing is like I, when I first got acne, like the first thing I did was I was like, I'm just going to pick it off my face because I was like, it looks better 
especially because I wore a lot of makeup in this time and I loved makeup. And I was like, it looks better if it's flat. And I'm like, yeah, it's a scab, but like I can cover it up. And so yeah. that was like, my mindset was like, if I just get it out, it's not bumpy, it's flat and I can cover it. And then I ended up scarring my skin so badly. Um, so I think what really was the big change for me was when I stopped picking my skin because I kept making worse problems. And like as estheticians, we obviously know like your skin will never get clear if you don't stop picking and touching it and messing with it. And I was stripping it too. I didn't know, you know, about a healthy skin barrier. I thought I should just like dump salicylic acid and retinol and oil (laughs) stripping cleanser and a stripping toner. I was like, dry this shit out. It'll be active. And so counteractive. My skin was very red, very angry, very inflamed because I just kept stripping it with acid. So it wasn't until I learned that, you know, healthy skin barrier is all you really need. And a couple good ingredients for acne um, is really truly like how you clear your skin. So I definitely had to learn that lesson the hard way. Did you have to take out your, you said it was Nexaplan? Yeah. Did you take that out or did you start to see results with skincare before you did? Or how how did that correlate? So when I was spiraling, (laughs) about like why I was getting acne when I was in school, not esthetician school, but in college, I was like, I'm going to literally take this thing out. So I took that out, but still had the aftermath. And I think at that point I was just, everything I was doing already kind of like was messing up even more. So it was like the next upon and then me using like crazy skincare and then picking up again. And so even with that getting out, it was still just like, I was on a dark path of skincare. Like I was just doing spiral. Oh, I went to Lush and I would get like all their face masks and I would wear a face mask every single night. And I was like, Lush is natural. Like this is going to clear my skin. I scrubbed my acne. I had a Clarisonic. I mean, you guys, I stripped my skin. I'm shocked. I still have a face. I really (laughs) do. Seriously, that, but that's like how I feel like everyone was just taught was just like, just take it off. Just keep removing layer after layer after layer. And then like you'll eventually get to the root cause of it, but it's yeah. really not that way at all. It's like people like think that moisturizer. Yeah. yeah, it's like people think moisturizer will cause acne because like you grow up thinking like strip your barrier, strip your barrier, moisturizer and different things are bad for acne. But like you said, you do. You need to repair that barrier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. Deal. And I think it's so cool now that like everyone's more barrier focused when it comes to skincare, and like we understand now that like. That's the key to looking young. That's the key to having good skin is a healthy barrier. Like you can't compromise it. Awesome. Okay. So our next question is we kind of want to learn more about your story and how you came to where you are with your business, being so confident. Um, And we just want whatever you're comfortable sharing, like how you came to be where you're at because you are so inspiring for so many people. Y'all are sweet. It's so weird when people ask me this question because I just feel like it happened so fast but so slow for me. And I feel like it was just like it took me a while to figure out um, like what I was doing that worked, right? I was just at the point where I was like, okay, I know I want a business of my own. I know I want to work for myself. I love what I'm doing. But I'm standing in my way because I'm a, I'm scared that older estheticians are going to judge my technique or they're going to judge what I was posting. I was a baby SD still, you know, only like a year in. And I was so nervous about like posting information about skin because the thing about this industry, like there is no – well, there is right and wrong, but it's like very like subjective, you know? Like yeah. 
everyone has different opinions. Some people are going to tell you that retinol thins the skin. Others will tell you it doesn't, you know? So I feel like there's just a lot of that. And I was so scared of getting like canceled and people like not agreeing with me or like just telling me I was stupid and like didn't know what I was talking about. And so for the longest time, I was just like, I'm not going to share. Like I need to wait until I'm like an esthetician for 20 years and then I can like share whatever knowledge that I had at that point, you know, on the internet. And so it was very nerve wracking, but I got to this place where I was like, I have no clients coming in. I am in a salon suite, um, literally doing $50 facials. This is not what I want. And I wanted to prove my parents wrong. A lot of it came, I feel like there's always a fuel for something. And for me, it was proving my parents wrong. I wanted them to be proud of me. I always grew up as like kind of the problem child that like went through depression and anxiety and like eating disorders. And my brother, he was just like literally good at any sport that he did. Like he was the one that could do any sport and was just smart. Like he'd watch like a you know, our documentary on turtles on discovery and then be able to like recite every single fact about the turtles, like all of our grandparents, aunts and uncles at like the dinner table. And I was just like, yeah. So, um, I just always felt like I was kind of like the black sheep. And, um, when I, you know, wasn't going to college, my brother got into a really, really good college and I was like at community college and then trying to do nursing school and then dropped out to do this. And like, my parents were very like, okay, that's not what this family does. Like you need to get a degree. Like we can go play with your little skincare stuff, but like you're going to get a degree. To this day, my dad even like the other day was like, you should just go back and just get a business degree. And I was like, daddy, I have a business um, without one. So right. yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll be doing that. He's like, it'd be so good <laughs> to see you with a degree. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> he still says stuff. That's my funny. family's just very like degree oriented. But anyway, yeah. so- I feel like a lot of that fuel came from like, I'm going to make myself something like I'm going to be successful. Like I'm going to prove them wrong. Like I'm not just going to be like living on their couch till I'm 30. Um, And so I just started posting and it was embarrassing. And a lot of people like didn't see it. And I mean, I started doing the charts. There was like people would do like, they'd post like like a picture and then they'd put like information with words but like I'm a very visual person I've always been a very visual person I struggled a lot in school when like they would just have us read from a book and they wouldn't like write things out or like just I'm very a visual learner I always have been and so I was like okay I downloaded Canva because I saw an ad for it actually when I was watching TV and I was like oh they have icons that's cool I wonder if they have like skin stuff and at that time they really didn't like there's like Canva ads like new icons like every day now but back in the day I had to get creative with this. And so um, I would just be like antioxidants and skin. And I would, you know, use like oranges and just like things like that. And people liked it because it was something different that like the aesthetics industry hadn't really done before. So I think like without even like trying to be different, I was just like, that's what I think makes sense in my head when I see things. Um, yeah. People started liking it. And then like the whole chart era of Instagram kind of mm-hmm. like and um, then I got a graphic designer because everything was looking the same because everyone was using the same icons. And I was like, okay, got to step it up, got to level up, got to like do something different. So I hired a graphic designer and then everyone started hiring a graphic designer, which is awesome. And now I'm like, I don't know what to do next, but I'll figure it out. It's just, it's crazy how much like charts and like things like that now like are just such a big part of our industry. It's like, I almost, some people were like, Savannah, like F you for that because it's so time consuming. <laughs> so annoying. Literally. Yeah. I feel bad. I'm like, I didn't mean for it to be a thing. Like it literally just came about because I was such a visual learner and that's like how I learned. And like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And it like became a thing. 
Yeah. And I think that's so helpful too for like from a client perspective. Like if I weren't an esthetician, I didn't know anything. Like seeing all these big words, I would be like, what in the world? But seeing, I'm very visual like you. Seeing that I think helps a ton. So I mean, I'm grateful you started that. Because <laughs> I, so I like feel like, oh, it's so annoying. I know like a lot of people are like staying away from like the whole Instagram feed that's like picture graphic, picture graphic. Because it's so annoying when you're like, I have a bomb before and after, but I need a graphic to post next. Uh-huh. You know, and you're like all about the aesthetic of the feed. It's just you feel like almost like a slave to your Instagram page sometimes. And it's just so hard to like, you know, feel taken care of, like you're taking care of everything the right way. But I won't say it was just charts too. You've got to have like the combination of like the creativity and then also, you know, be good at your job. And so one of the biggest things I did that helped me in the beginning, I knew I needed before and afters. I was like, no one's going to come to me if I'm just posting a picture of someone in a jelly mask. Like it looks cool, but like, where's the results? Like if people are spending the money, like I need to show them that like, if your skin looks like this, I can get you to this. Like I need to give them tangible results, right? And like glimmers of hope that I can help them. And so um, instead of posting just like, which is good to show the treatment, I will say there's a great type of variety of content. You want to have that cool like afterglow picture. You want to have the jelly mask. Like all those things are awesome and just super shareable. But you also want to have the before and afters because it's like, yeah, cool. Like jelly mask, awesome. But like, can you fix my acne? Can you fix my hyperpigmentation? Mm-hmm. What you're specializing in. So I did a lot of free services, a lot of free services to build my portfolio and get before and afters because I knew that's what I needed and I knew they would pay off and pay itself in the long run. Um, So yeah, I definitely did that in the beginning for sure to get those before and afters. And I'm telling you guys, do what you got to do. Give free product, whatever you have to do, like get those before and after photos. They will help you so much. I remember you saying that um, in one of your podcast episodes, probably like, I don't know how long, how long have you had your podcast? Oh my God. Three years now? Two okay. years? Okay. I don't I, have a track of time. I want to say it was like two years ago. It was like when I had just kind of merged more into like the just doing facials because I started off waxing and then I went into facials. And I remember you saying like, you aren't, or like your feed doesn't mean crap if you don't like show before and afters because like prove like what you can do. Like prove it. Show me. Yeah. Like you, you're all talking until you show me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay. I got to start posting some before and afters. And that that was like my wake-up call was when you had shared that because I was like, oh, that's totally true. Like people, they just want to know what you can do rather than just like the comfort that they can receive. But like yes. what, what other things do you have up your yeah. sleeve kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And especially too, because I feel like the aesthetics in which is dominating Instagram. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm an esthetician and that's all I see. But I feel like the esthet- like there's so many amazing estheticians out there that are posting every day and so on top of it. And so I think it does help to set you apart if you are posting your before and afters. Totally. Um, okay, so you started your business, was it in 2019 was when, you, was when you went off on your own? Is that when you started school? Oh God. Okay. I'm so bad at years. I don't even know. <laughs> You're so good. Okay. I have to look. Hang is on. that Nala or which, which cat is that? That's Nova. Nova. Dang That's it. Great. Yeah. I, know, I was going to ask too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what kind of cat is she? She's, I don't know exactly what she is. They think she's a ragdoll. I rescued her and her sister. Fun story. I actually slept outside in animal mm. shelter. And the middle of summer in Texas got bit by so many mosquitoes because they said the cats were first come, first serve. So, like, you had to be there. 
And I stayed from 3 p.m. in the middle of Texas heat till the next morning at 8 a.m. And I remember I just sat out there. But, like, the town we were in was really sweet. And the cop was like, I'm just going to parole and drive around because I was, like, 18. They're like, I'm going to make sure you're safe out here. Um, And so I remember this older lady got there at, like, 4 a.m. And she was so mean to me. She's like, are you getting both cats? And I was like, yeah. She's like, that's selfish. And I was like, no, what's selfish is, like, their sisters, like, because Nova and Nala are sisters. I was like, let's not separate them. Like, I'm taking both of them. I've been here since 3 p.m. yesterday, my girl. Like, you can't show up at 4 a.m. And then she tried to pay me off. And I was like, no, I'm getting these cats. And so anyways, that's how I got them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so sorry. If you're waiting day that long, I'm going to take all the cats. (laughs) I'm going to get every cat that I can get. Okay, so I started my business. Let's see here. We just scroll. I'm so bad at this, guys. Like, one of the things that's worse, the worst thing about me is, like, I have no long-term memory. I really don't like crazy. I feel like I just am not. Okay, so I started my business in 2019, graduated school in 2018. Okay. Wow. So um how many places did you work before you started your own business? Oh god, a lot. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> I went around. I was a little hoe. I was a little aesthetic symmetry hoe. Trying everything. Um, okay, so my first job I actually had when I was in school. Um, and it was working for a plastic surgeon and dermatology practice in Dallas. And they actually fired me for my social media because I posted a video of me doing a hydrofacial on one of the esthetician's daughters, which I thought was okay because I asked her if it was okay. But then, like, they were owned by a parent company. So it was, like, not the choice of, like, it was, they were owned by a huge, like, there's, like, I don't know if y'all know this, but there's some, like, dermatology, like, practices that they, like, are an umbrella and they own, like, all these, like, little practices. So oh. it was, like, corporate people saw it and they're like, we, it's like against HIPAA. And I'm like, she's not even a client. Like she's her daughter. But anyway, funny story is I actually taught a class for them like a month ago on like how to use social media. So life full circle. No, it was actually the funniest thing when they're like, Hey, like, will you come teach us like how, cause they're a skin better account too. They're like, will you come teach us like how you do like your marketing and like all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, and she needs to work here. And I'm like, y'all fired me for videoing me doing a hydrofacial. Oh, putting it on social media. And now you're asking me to teach you what I got fired for. Um, so it's life. That was a big like life moment. Cause I thought like, I felt so blessed to be like, it was a unicorn job. Okay. Like I cried my eyes out when oh. like, I and of course when I got hired too, because I was in school, I was like, how did I get so lucky to work? under a dermatologist and a plastic surgeon, like literally while I'm still in school, like I don't know how I got that opportunity, but I felt like I fumbled the bag for sure. And I was like, I'm never going to be anything. Like I should give up now. I'm such a disappointment. Like I was so depressed. I remember I didn't eat for a week after like I got Mm -hmm. fired. I felt just like so defeated and like just – I was just like, I felt like I lost something that was going to be the best job. And I'm like a loyal person. Like I would have stayed anywhere um, except that one. I worked at one place. It was awful. But anyway, so after that, what did I do? Oh, after that, I was like, you know what? Let's just go to laser school and then I'll be more desirable because I remember trying to get jobs after that. And they're like, you just graduated esthetician school. Like we're not going to hire you. Like you need 13 years experience. Um, they're like, go try like hand in stone. Like you're not getting an office. Like you're funny. And so I was like, maybe if I have a laser license, I'll be like more desirable for like these doctors because that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in a medical setting. And so I did get my laser license and then I worked for a med spa. And then I got an opportunity while I was working for the med spa to work for a plastic surgeon. Worst job I've ever had in my entire life. I can't say much about it, but I'll tell you, it was a blessing because 
he traumatized me to the point that I knew I could never work for anyone ever again. And that's why I started my business. So it was a good, yeah, no, at the time I had to get on like antidepressants and um, like a higher dose of my antidepressant and get on like Xanax because I would have panic attacks on my way home because Mm -hmm. I like PTSD, but I mean, and I'm a lot of offices people know, like, it's just so hard working for, you know, a doctor's office sometimes. And like, there's just sometimes not the best people out there. And so anyway, I got so lucky um, with that experience because after that, I was like, yeah, I don't think I can work for anyone like ever. And just his ethics and stuff just didn't align with me. And I just knew like from being on the receiving end of being, you know, a patient at one point with other people, you know, like when I was going through my acne and stuff and like just feeling like people were just trying to sell me stuff, like he was kind of like that. And so it made me feel sick to my stomach. And I was like, I didn't feel comfortable selling the products that he had because they weren't like good products. And um, I would actually like pull up like with my clients because they'd find me on Instagram. I didn't have a big Instagram. It was like 200 followers, but still like whoever found me on Instagram, I would like show them. I'm like on derm store. I'm like, oh, get this product and this product and this product. And I wouldn't make any money from that, but I knew they were good products. And it was what I personally was using at home. And, um, you know, it wasn't my fault that he wouldn't bring in good products. I was like, your products suck, my dude. Like I'm not selling them. Um, so anyways, so I quit there and then opened my own business with literally $500 and a dream. I'll tell you a shady story about me. It's not shady, but it's not legal, but I did not in my mom's house because I lived at my parents' house through all of this as I was still like 19 at the time. Um, anyways, I was doing lash extensions on the weekends. So I was a hustler. Okay. I would go to work and then I would come home and I would have clients at my mom's door. Like my mom was like, people are going to think we're selling drugs. Like you have cars pulling up here and I would do lash extensions. Like she, our little playroom as a kids, like I turned into like my lash office and I would do lash extensions very legally in my mom's house. And Were you always the Dallas esthetician. What? Yeah. Okay. So that was like always your your Instagram handle? No, before I was Boda Beauty. Okay. And oh, okay. Boda is my last name. And so, but then it got confusing because Boda in Spanish means wedding. And so then I'd get hit up for like quinceanera <laughs> makeup, like wedding <laughs> makeup. And I was like, that's not what I do. That's and so I was like, awesome. gotta change it. Yeah, no, all the time. Be like, oh my gosh, how much for wedding makeup? And I was like, that's not what I do. <laughs> anyway, so me doing lash extensions um, in my mom's house is how I was making some extra money. And so I saved all that money and was like, I'm just, my mom was like, you got to get the fuck out of my house. Like, go get a salon suite. Like, please leave. Like, I don't want the, like, you're upsetting my dogs. Like, my dogs get upset every time you bring someone into our house. Like, please stop. And then also too, I was like, I, you know, I want to have it. I want to have a business and I want to have it the right way and like not be like, you know, slinging lash extensions in the back of my mom's house. Like, yeah. So anyway, I um then opened my salon suite with literally $500 in a dream and had no idea what I was doing. But the salon suite I had was awesome because they gave me like a bad, um, they had a steamer for me that like comes with your room, which was so nice because I didn't have to buy any of that. And then I went to Ikea with my dad. And I got like this rinky dinky little setup and it worked until it didn't. It fell apart one time and we had to get a new one, but it worked really well. I don't like Ikea unless it's like temporary stuff. I have trauma from Ikea. Okay. I remember I was trying to install something into an Ikea board and it just broke in half. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's Ikea. That's like <laughs> it's cute. But... 
you just have to be careful. Like I was like, boom, boom, boom. And I like cut it in half. But anyways, so um, yeah, I think that answers my question. I'm sorry. I have very long answers. No, I love it. It's yeah, no, it's really helpful. Um, Okay. I had a question. So you just talking about like Boda Beauty to Dallas Esthetician, what inspired you to use the name the Dallas Esthetician? Okay. I was really high in bed one night. I'll be honest. Like, (laughs) okay. And I was like, what should I name myself? Like, what should I be? And I was like, I'm in Dallas. I'm an esthetician. I was like, maybe like the blonde esthetician. I was thinking that was one of them. I really was thinking I was like the blonde esthetician would be cute. Or I was like, or like the DFW esthetician or like the Dallas. Cause I was working in Dallas at the time. I was like the Dallas esthetician. And so then I was like that someone has that, like, that's like a unicorn username. Like someone's going to have that. And so I went and typed it in and it like had a green check mark. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? No one has that. And I was like, that was it. It worked. Happened. Mm-hmm. Just like a little epiphany. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, the Dallas, the blonde esthetician, like, what do I want to be? And yeah, I was like, so, it's straight to the point. And it, I really, I remember when I typed it in, I was like, someone's going to have this. Like, how is it not already taken? So <laughs> I'm very lucky. That's me. So then you did the blondest or is it the blonde? The, well, it's supposed to be the blonde esthetician. Okay. So it's like words because it's the blonde E-S-T, like right. the blonde esthetician, but just like the front part, but then also could be the blondest. So either one. Okay. So that's that after one, you got I your blonde. To be honest, my podcast guy did because I had no idea what to call it. Like I literally really? – Yeah, no at all. I was like, what the hell do I call this podcast? He's like, the blonde esthetician or the blondest, like that. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do so it. So clever. I love it's it. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. With stuff like that. Yeah, when we started this podcast, I was like, the skin club. Like – that's not going to be, like, available because there's literally no estheticians. It was available. I'm like, awesome. Right? Isn't that yeah, so grateful? So and then simple. it's worse when you think of something and you're like, no one's ever thought of this. Like, I am unique. And then you're like, oh, every other bitch thought that too. Yes. Stuff that I've tried to, like, make usernames for before. And I'm like, nope, Savannah, you thought that you were the only one who did not. Yeah. I actually had this conversation the other day. Can you imagine how hard it is to like make a brand in like 30 years from now? Like there's gonna be no fucking names. Like mm-hmm. I literally was just thinking about them. Like, what are they gonna they're not gonna have names to call anything? There's not gonna be any usernames. Like Cyrus Lambert's already taken. There's another Cyrus Lambert out there for my son. He can't even have his own name. Like I was oh like, gosh. there's just it's can you imagine that like names and the trademarks and like it's just that stress yeah. is what stresses me out. Like if I ever wanted to start like a skincare company or anything, like it's just so stressful. I'm like, there's no names. Like they had it good in the 1990s, 1980s. They had like the world is your oyster, pick your name. And now mm-hmm. we're like have to like switch the spelling of stuff and like weird stuff to like make it work. Yeah, one well, like having just like one like niche industry, it's like you only have so many words until like it makes no sense. So no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if you look on Instagram, it's everyone's like skin by this or the this esthetician or whatever and yeah. All you can make it different is like by using your name. But if you have any normal American name, Ashley, Sarah, anything, it's like you're screwed. I know. It like, sucks. <laughs> yeah. I literally never even thought about that. Yeah. That It's crazy. That is a bummer. I know. Um, I have all these like thoughts when people, like my bathtub time is when I have all these thoughts. <laughs> There's going to be no names for companies in like five years. Yeah. Seriously. So what? How did you know when you wanted to expand from your salon suite to where you are now? 
So I wanted, I knew I wanted to sell more products. That was like the big thing is I was just so annoyed that like when clients needed something, like I would be in a treatment and like I couldn't just give it to them. And I felt like I was losing money and they'd go other places. And so I was like, I just need like a bigger space. Um, I need to spread my wings. And I believe in this saying so much, like a goldfish will only grow as big as its tank. So if you give it a tank this big, like the goldfish will stay small. If you give it a big tank, your goldfish will get huge. Okay. So I have that philosophy. If you give me a big space, I will make room. I will grow into it. I will make sure that it's, you know, taken care of. So I felt like I was just stuck. I felt like I was very limited um, in that salon suite. And I knew I had so many goals. And I wanted also a big part as uh, double booking. I really wanted to start double booking clients so I could maximize my time. Because I would see, okay, when I have a client numbing for 30 minutes, like, I could be doing something else, you know, like I could be cleaning a room, I could be marketing, I could be doing so many things. And that 30 minutes time is money. And I was like, I just need two rooms. So at one point, I was going to actually get the salon suite next to mine. And I don't know why I decided against it. But I'm really glad I did. I was like, no, like, if I'm going to do this, like, I just need a building, like I want a building of my own. And um, so yeah, I moved into my building. And I had one girl working for me, Adrielle. And that was a funny joke for me thinking I needed just one person. We were like drowning her and I. Oh my God, it was so hard. And my best friend Tyler actually um, came to work for me, but we weren't best friends at this time. He was a client of mine. And oh, wow. Skincare. Yeah, we were not friends. Like, Hank, we never hung out. He just was a client of mine, like one of my best clients, which sucks. I always tell him, I was like, he was my top paying client. I was like, he basically helped fund S. <laughs> Um, because he was such a good client. Now he, that little fucker gets everything for free, but um, he, was the best client. he would buy everything. He would like, I remember I had one facial and no one had ever booked it. It was a $500 facial. They did an enzyme. They did, um, facial infusion, dermaplaning, a jelly mask, and then like a massage dermaplaning. Like it was called the works. Okay. And like, it was a two hour facial no, two and a half hour facial. And like, of course, like no one ever booked it. And he fucking booked it. I will never forget. He's the only one that ever booked it. And I like removed it off my service at one menu because like at one point, because I was like, no one's going to do this. Yeah, he was the one that did that. Anyway, so he was a good client of mine. And I was like, um, he's like, if you ever need help, like I work, you know, logistics at UPS. And like, I'm really good at like, you know, just administrative stuff. Like if you need help, like you can hire me. And I was like, I'm not hiring a client. Like, I don't want to hire a client. Like, that's just not, you know, I don't want to lose him as a client, right? Well, then shit happened. Me and Adriel were like, we need help. And I was like, Tyler, please. And so he came and worked for me for a bit. And we realized that we were just like, we became best friends when he worked for me. And we wanted to be best friends. And it's so hard working with your best friend like that because there's no, like, boundary, you know, like when you're working together all day, like we would hang out after and we'd just be talking about like our day at work and like how annoying one client was or how excited we are for someone else's results or how annoying like one of our reps is, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just yeah. every conversation mm -hmm. we had outside of work was about work and we didn't have like that hard cut line. And then also too, like I couldn't pay him much at all at that point. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what he was making at UPS and he wanted to make what he was making at UPS and get benefits. So I was like, you just go back to UPS. It'd be best for you. And he was like, yeah, I'm going. But now we're still best friends. So oh, good. you got a best friend out of it. So it worked. We're like way closer now. That's but amazing. yeah, so that's why I did the jump to the bigger business. Awesome. So how many people uh, work for you right now? Four. Okay. So you have receptionist, SD, yeah. marketing, well, and they're then you? all estheticians, but they don't want to do skin. 
which is crazy to me. Um, I'm still wanting to get someone to do skin stuff. It's just so hard because I need time to train them. And like, I just don't have time to train anyone right now. It's the worst. And I will tell you the best advice I'd ever heard. And I wish I could go back in time and do this is hire before you get fully booked because you'll never have time to train. And so I should have hired an esthetician to train like way back when, but I just wasn't ready yet. I just, you know, I didn't, wasn't pregnant. I, you know, was like young and had a lot of energy and I was just like, no, I can do this myself. I work seven days a week. Like I was fine. Um, but I have two girls up front that do like reception and shipping and booking and all of that. And then I have a personal assistant and then I have a client coordinator who helps me flip rooms, does intake forms, numbs my patients for me. She's kind of like, if I was a doctor, she'd be my nurse. So we kind of okay. do that together. Like I see your schedule and there's like 20 things on there. I'm like, how the hell does she do that? Like, I have crap. the best team. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Without them. That's yeah. amazing. Good for you. Thank you. That's so cool. Um, so what has been the best part and the hardest part of having a business and a large social platform? The best part, I think is not having to stress as much about like, I always know that like, I'm going to have clients coming in. I don't have to like stress so much about keeping my schedule full. And I think that's something that I really, really, really appreciate about it and having a good built business, because that's something that I remember, like, it just used to be so hard to build my books. And it like sucks waking up and knowing you have one client the next day. And like, that would like crush my heart or like a client canceling and like being like, how am I going to pay my salon suite this week? And how am I going to place this order for skincare? So I think that's the best part is just knowing that like, I don't have that stress anymore because it used to literally fucking kill me. Like I just remember just literally tallying the math. Like, can I afford it this week? Am I going to be okay? Like, can I get dinner tonight with friends or do I need to eat ramen noodles? Like, am I going to be able to do it? Um, The worst part, I think is the judgment and people that don't really know you making opinions about you. And I think it's just hard, you know, that people see you a certain way or think that you're a certain way or just don't like you because they don't want to like you. And I'm such a people pleaser and I like being liked. And so I think the hardest part is like to build my business. I have to share a lot of my life, but then I leave that open to judgment and people judging me and making assumptions and um, just mean people. I think it's really hard like to deal with like haters and stuff like that. I don't think it'll ever get easier because I am such a sensitive person. And people think when they meet me that like I am a bitch or I'm very like, but I'm just not like I am not. Um, no, people think I'm very confident. but It's because I'm talking to a phone. Anytime I like have to do a speech, like I get anxiety, like I get scared, like it's so nerve wracking meeting people in person, like, because it's just like you're popular inside an app inside an industry. It's not like you know, people on the street are going to be like, oh my God, Savannah, like, it's not like that. Like, it's so, it's not as big as people try to make it seem, you know, and I am proud of my accomplishments. A lot of it's imposter syndrome. I just, it makes me super uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it. Like, yeah, it's just awkward when people are like, I see you, I follow you on Instagram. You're like, okay, hey. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't know. But I think that's the hardest part. It's just dealing with haters for sure. Yeah. I like that you're talking about that. Um, just because I think people do need to know, like, just because it's their phone, like, you're talking to a person, like, it still hurts. And, like, I think about people like you or just different people out there who have larger phones. And, like, I don't know how they do it because, like, even on TikTok. So, TikTok, it's easy for videos to go viral. And I've had maybe one or two. And, like, people can be mean. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I am so sensitive. And, like, this is just one video that went viral. And, like, people are mean. And I'm like, I don't know how people with larger followings 
do yeah. because I'm like you I'm very sensitive I I'm a people pleaser and so people I just people have feelings through their phone like just be nice yeah and I think the best thing too is like I always have to tell myself it's production like they're just saying it because they you know want to say what they want to say but too I mean it's always going to hurt because you're like me too like I like being liked like I a lot of my love that I get from loving myself is by others loving me because I feel good when I do good you know like if I don't do anything good or helpful in a day like I feel bad about myself like I feel love for me when others love me for what I do for them which is not mm-hmm. very helpful. probably talk to a therapist about it but <laughs> it works for me um and I like being in the service in- industry like I like to like you can ask my staff like I like to like buy them like all the kinds of coffee and food and stuff like that's how I my love language is like giving to others and making them happy so that you know I don't mm-hmm. know that's yeah I'm, I'm that's my love language I'm just very much a giver and I like to give to others and that's how I feel love for me mm-hmm. I think that I I do see you connecting a lot personally like with other people in the industry and I I feel like that really shows like. I don't know, like your authenticity and I something that I've really appreciated is like how small like you have kept your business even when you probably had tons of opportunities to just like expand it and things but I, again another thing you heard in the podcast one time was that you like to have like the wounds on everything that you do because it's authentic and not very, not very many people do that so I mean, I it's scary it's hard I've been asked to expand my business and franchise my business and I just like I never want like an old white bald man to tell me like what to do ever yeah 100% like no like I'm sorry yeah Um, I just I always and I like keeping it small and while it is a lot of work on my end and I could be like sitting at home and like letting people do it for me I just I love being in it I love what I do I'm in this industry because I love it I did it and this is the thing I always tell people if I wanted to make money I would have never been like let me be an esthetician like that sounds like a good idea like I came in this industry fully knowing I had to probably marry rich if I wanted to like have a good life or a life that I lifestyle right or, you know, I mean, I knew I didn't, I never came into this being like, I'm going to be so successful. Like I was okay with knowing I was probably going to be on my parents' couch for a hot minute and like not have the lifestyle that, you know, I wanted to have. And, um, I mean, that's what I always say. It's like, it just happens when you put good intentions out there and like, you're doing good work and you're good at what you do. Good things happen. And like, I truly believe that it's all about your energy that you put out there and your intentions behind it. I never think people get successful from bad intentions. Yeah. yeah. It builds trust. Yeah. Totally. Um, so with yours and Lance's like dynamic of how you yeah. guys just like run your household, I guess, how do you guys balance that? And like, how do you not, uh, or I guess you, probably, you might feel this at times, like different like mom guilt from working. I know I feel it when I'm gone for super long days and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, like running a business and mm-hmm. also like being a mom and like wanting to be present, but also having this big passion to, and also like just wanting to be yourself. Um, yeah. Like at work and things because my work is my social life. That's, yeah, me that's too. what I think as a mom now. And so like, how do you balance it? It's hard. Um, Our dynamic is good. Lance, honestly, like so many men, if you gave them the opportunity to like be a stay-at-home dad, they'd be like, 
absolutely not. I'd rather work like being a stay at home dad or parent or any stay at home parent is like 1000 times harder than my job. And I know that. Um, I don't know how he does it and stays sane, but he does such a good job and he loves it. He really hated his job. Honestly, like he was really miserable with accounting, like wasn't his passion. He got into it because he thought that's what he should do. And like, that's what made money. And like, it just made sense. And like, as a man, like he should do something in finance, you know, but it was never like what he loved. And so I think it was really hard for him when he saw me doing something I love and making more than he was making at the time when we were dating and stuff. And like, I would come home and I was happy, you know, like I loved, I wake up excited. And then he would just be like, I fucking hate what I'm doing. And I'm not making like any money right now. And, um, like for why am I doing this, you know? And so when I got pregnant with Cyrus, like we planned for him to still work and stuff because we just didn't know our game plan. But as soon as we had Cyrus, we were just like, we need, like, I can't imagine leaving him with anyone else, you know? Totally. Um, it was, we just had that opportunity. And so we were like, okay, like we can afford this. We just need to like, you know, not spend as much as we were spending, take little cuts here and there, um, just like budget a little bit more monthly and like we can, you can stay home. And so he's been such a good support system. I mean, like I couldn't do it without him, but it's so hard. The mom guilt is so hard. I really like kills me, but I've cut my hours a lot. I used to work 10 to seven. I work 10 to four now, which is really good. Only work um, four days a week in clinic. And I do one day at home. That's amazing. So yeah, it helps a lot. And I think, you know, the mom guilt never gets easier, but I think I definitely dissociate when I get to work. I feel like I'm almost in a different planet. Like I feel like it's a planet where like, I'm not a mom, you know, like it's just like work and I'm just so busy that like, it's honestly good that I'm so busy when I get there because I don't even have time to think about peeing or eating or like my, like no one crosses my mind unless someone asks me about stuff like clients when we're talking because I'm just so like, what do I have to do today? Um, And then I get to come home and like, he's there and he loves it when I come home. Like he's now like reaching towards me and stuff. And so, but it is hard. And in the beginning, like I remember the first day I tried to go back to work for my maternity leave. I walked in the building, did one client and was like, cancel my day. I can't do it. And I went back home because I just like felt like sick to my stomach being without him. That first day back is always the freaking worst. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, I can't do it. But then I think too, thinking like a lot of parents like uh, – my husband's parents, like I had my mom stayed home with me, but a lot of my friends like asking them, they're like, no, both of my parents worked. Like that's a normal thing. Like both of my parents worked. I don't resent them. I don't hate them. Like I wouldn't have the life I had if my parents, like they had to work, you know? Yeah. And so in my head, I think what makes me feel better at night is like, uh, at least he has one of us. Right. And like, he's going to understand it more as he gets older and he might resent me a little bit. I don't know. I hope he doesn't. Um, I mean, if he wants, you know, a car for his 16th birthday and he wants to have fun family vacations, like someone's got to bring in the dough. So Mm -hmm. I think me understanding that with my dad too, because I used to feel sad when my dad wouldn't be there for certain things when I was growing up and then realizing like I wouldn't have like had a roof over my head and, you know, new ballet shoes and things like that. Like if my dad wasn't working, so... That's super yeah. true. Yeah, my husband, he's very much like Lance in that way, like very maternal. Like he loves being like the stay at home or he like he he prefers to be a stay at home dad. He would rather do that than be working. But my yeah. husband he works um at work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I work Tuesday, Thursdays, just all day and then Saturdays. And so he gets to be home with our girls and when I go to work and I'm just so grateful that we're able to make that work because again, like not everyone has that opportunity to have a spouse staying home with the kids um but 
yeah, I think that's really cool though, that you're able to just balance that and that you guys have accepted just your roles in that. And that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, Lance loves it. He is a thriving stay-at-home dad. He is the best. I love it. That's so cool. I love it. Okay. Um, so our next question is, is there anyone who inspires you? Hmm, the owner of Dry Bar. I think what she's done is amazing, honestly. Like I just – her business – model and just how everything seems so seamless at every location. And I just, I think that's so inspiring, honestly, her story. And then my mom definitely has inspired me a lot too. Just, she's just a very strong woman and she doesn't put up with people's shit. She's, it's so weird. Cause she's like, you, I don't know how you're my daughter because you're such a pushover. Like my mom will send her food back if it's wrong. Like I won't do that. Like my mom has flipped off a, st- a cross guard before by telling her to slow down. Like my mom is like emulates bad bitch. Energy, like from every, like my mom, if you fucking piss her off, like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think since she was so strong that way that like, I went completely the opposite because I was like, I like she would like embarrass me in public because she like always spoke up for herself. Like she was never just like the quiet woman. Like if even with my dad, like she like told him how she felt. Like she always was like, yeah, I'm a woman. And, and what? Like I can do this too. Like I can do that. Like I can pump my own gas. I can fix my own tires. Like my mom is like such like a girl's guy too. Like she just really, she's very resilient and she didn't have the best parents. And so she just truly like raised herself And so I think she really inspires me to like speak up for myself more and like realize that like it's okay to have an opinion about stuff and just be more vocal about how I feel. And um, yeah, she definitely inspires me a lot. Amazing. Um, Okay. Any business plans for the future? Do you plan on hiring more estheticians like in the next year? Yeah, my goal. So I think it's so hard because I feel like when I was building the business, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just like rolling with the punches and it just like worked out. Like, I'm not kidding. Like people ask me like, and I would never teach a class on like how to build a business. I I can do marketing and like what I know now, but like, I swear to you guys, like, I just was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. (laughs) Let's do that. And I just really gut instinct with a lot of my, my business decisions. Um, that I don't even know. Like, I feel like it just happened so fast that like, I'm like, I'm here. And like, I have to like really sit and digest and be like, what steps did I take to get here? Cause I really wasn't like a thought out plan. Like I didn't have like papers out and like highlighters and Sharpies. Like it literally was me being impulsive. Like, yeah, let's bring on this skincare line. Yes, let's do this. No, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. And it just worked. And I hate saying like, so people are like, how did that happen for you? I swear to God, I don't know. Like it seriously was just a weird situation, but, um, my, now I'm at this place where it's like, what do I do next? And I want to do something next, but I don't know what to do next. So I'm like, in limbo, like, do I stay the same? And I think I'm so scared now that like, I think this, I just, I love talking sometimes because I swear I figure things out and have epiphanies all the time. I think I had nothing to lose because I had no business then that I was just so easy at like making impulsive decisions. Cause I'm like, what do we have to lose? Nothing. Cause it's nothing right now. And now that I have this business that I've created and it's like, a lot of pressure now that I am the one bringing in the money for our family that like, I feel scared for my next steps because I have so much to lose and there's so much on the line. Totally. And so I think that's where I am now. It's just like, it was more fun in the beginning when I had nothing to lose. Cause I was just like, yeah, like let's, let's try, try it. It takes pressure off. But now it's like, no, I have a responsibility. And then now having Cyrus, I think I'm just more level headed with my decisions and not so like, yeah, let's go. Let's do yeah. it. You know? So mm-hmm. yeah. 
it's, it's a bigger a risk. <laughs> yeah. And kind of piggybacking off of that question, um, do you have any personal plans? I know we talked a little bit in the beginning about the wedding and yeah. like more kids. Um, what What are some of your goals and plans for the future? Oh, man. So I'd like to start another company for sure um, that's related to this, but not exactly this. Can't say too much yet, but I'll be the first to know. Did you mention it in your live a few months ago? Just like a little hint to it? Maybe. I might have. I, okay. I'm really bad. I dropped name drop Cyrus's name. I was on a live and there was like 400 people on there and I was doing like a house tour. And I was like, and this is Cyrus's room. And they were like, Cyrus. You're like my cat. I was like, oh. Oh. And I was like, all of you, I was like, we're sworn to secrecy. Like, no one speak this. Like, you're in the inner circle right now. Like, and I, I remember doing that. So, yeah, I probably did. I'm so bad. I'm, my worst thing about me is I'm too honest. And I think that's why people judge me so much is because I just, I really, I just am who I am. And I say how, what I want to say. And I always drop things out because I'm really bad at keeping secrets. So, don't ever tell me any because I will spill them. I'm so bad at it. You know what? It's refreshing. <laughs> we won't press too much. Oh, no. I was just talking about this the other day with my husband. Our first date, you guys. Like, okay. So, when I am nervous, I just start like embarrassing myself. Like, I just start talking about like the worst stories that I have. Like, it's literally. And it's just like, it's like word vomit. Like his family thought I had like a brain tumor or something when they when I first started dating him because I would say the most off the collar, like weird shit to them. Like, and they're just like, why are you telling us this? Like, we don't need to know what your poop looks like this morning. So, you know, like, I was like, one time I pooped Ariel. I did. I swear to God, you guys, I did. Red hair, green tail, everything. Ariel, like, oh, I'm not kidding. I know that's I so funny. I was eating fruity pebbles and I swear to God, like, it made it happen. But anyway, that's not the story I told him. The story I told him on our first date. So he knows who I am because he married me because this is our first date story. I was like, yeah. So, and this was actually two weeks before our first date. I was like, yeah. So the other day I thought I had a tampon stuck inside me, but it wasn't, it was just my cervix. And so I was pulling out my cervix the whole time and it hurt so bad. I went to the ER. No, my dad took me to the ER. I'll tell you how this story began. Okay. So it was nighttime. I was high. All my good stories start for me. Being high. Um, so I was in bed. And I like woke up from a dream. I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God, I didn't take my tampon out. My tampons, I didn't take it out. So I get up and I'm like, I'm like going to die. Right. And so I go to the bathroom and I'm like, I can't find it. Like, is it, where is it? And I feel, and I'm like, I know I didn't take it out. Like I didn't take it out. And I was pulling and pulling and I could feel something. And I was like, it won't come out. Like it's stuck. My tampon stuck. It's 3 a.m. I run downstairs my dad owns a small business, so we had really shitty insurance. So, like, if you go to the ER, it's, like, thousands of dollars, guys, okay? So, I run downstairs. I'm like, Dad, like, my tampon's stuck inside me. Like, we have to go. Like, I'm going to die. And he's like, it's going to be thousands of dollars if I take you to the ER. Like, can we go to the doctor tomorrow morning? And I was like, Daddy, I might not make it. Like, I, how are you going to feel when you come upstairs and I'm, like, dead from the tampon? And you're so fucking dramatic. And, like, my mom was at the ranch, so it was just me and my dad at home. So, he's like you really, are you like, are you serious? Savannah? I was like, no dad, like we have to go. Like I was crying. I was like, it hurts so bad. Like it stuck and it hurt obviously because it was my cervix. I was ripping at it and pulling it. So <laughs> for like two hours and I was like, we have to go. So we go to the ER, the doctor comes in, unfortunately also a man. And my dad's like sitting in the corner like this. <laughs> so mad Just at me. Hiding. So mad at me. 
And he's like, yeah, there's no tampon inside you, honey. Like, but your cervix is extremely swollen because you've been ripping at it for the past like three hours. My dad goes, will you please draw a diagram of my daughter's vagina for her? So she knows her body parts. So we don't have to do this again. And I was like, dad, he was like, how do you not know? And I was like, I just didn't know. And so anyways, I told that entire story to my husband, our very first date. And I'm surprised he didn't run the opposite direction. So, you know, that's how you know he's a keeper. I know, but that's you know, like, the other spast. Oh, it was the worst. I won't ever go back to that hospital. Like I actually like am traumatized and like they all laughed about it and thought it was just like so funny. And I was like, it's just not funny actually. But you know, he was like, at least you didn't have like 14 up there. We've seen that before. And I was like, oh, yeah. and my, dad, oh my gosh, love it down. He was like, it was like a $3,000 visit for me figuring out I was pulling up my cervix and had no tampon in me. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I do like that you overshare things sometimes though, because you mentioned something one time about uh, like your glitter lush bombs, like yes. bath bombs and like the glitter, like getting inside oh, of you yeah. and like itching. I have not bought in, or I guess bought a glittery bath bomb since because I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. Oh, it was awful. Like, no, I appreciate I, that. I had an STD. No, I really did. My vagina burned every time we had sex. And I was like, you have an STD. Like you're <laughs> like, who did you cheat on me with? And he was like, I don't have an STD. And I was like, yes, you do. And I was like, we're going to get you tested. He was clean. I went to the doctor and she was like, yeah, you literally have sparkles in your vagina. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. Have you heard about the girl? She made a video on TikTok. She pulled her IUD out because she thought it was a tampon string. I haven't. She literally pulled it out of her. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. That's so funny. That would be, (laughs) I would do that. That's absolutely terrifying. Oh, okay. Wait. So we have. Oh, so you said your your wedding is in February. Yep, February fifth. Oh my gosh, so excited! Yeah. So is is it going to be like a big wedding, like friends and family? It was supposed to be small, but I do this thing when I drink once in a blue moon, I get drunk and I invite everyone to my wedding. So there's awesome. now like forty more people that are coming. Perfect. I hope no one listens to this. And they probably wouldn't. They're not estheticians. But yeah, I like accidentally invited like people I don't like necessarily I'm close with because I'm like, you should come to the wedding. I'm like the queen of inviting people to stuff that like just when I'm drunk. So <laughs> that's so fun. That's a so we'll bigger wedding than expected, but it's fine. It's so, like big wedding dress, all like the fancy details is going to be in this no. one. It's super simple. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. So it's under $1,000. I just wanted it to be very classy, simple, timeless, not extra. Like I just wanted – like honestly, since we're already married, like I just wanted this to be like – I wanted to be in a white wedding dress and I wanted all of his extended family and my extended family to like all be in the same room at one time and like meet because I feel like they never will get to do that, you know? Um, Like not even a kid. Me having Cyrus like put both extended families in one room. So I just really want our two families to like – be together and um and I also just, want Cyrus to see pictures of us married and I also just want to have like a wedding just to say I had a wedding you know yeah. like I'm ever getting married again so it's like and I don't want to be I just had this like thought in the bath I always have I told you guys my best thoughts in the bath and I was laying yes. there and was like I'm gonna be 80 one day and I'm gonna be like so sad when like my grandkids are like oh, I want to see your like wedding pictures and I'm gonna be like we don't have any like we went to the courthouse you know and so yeah. like okay for that reason, that's I impulsively planned a wedding in one day while Tyler was asleep. He woke up and I was like, um, the wedding's on the 25th of February. He's like, 
what? He was like, did you just plan an entire wedding while I was sleeping? And I was like, yes, because he sleeps during the day because he works at nights at UPS. So he like I had a whole day to plan this and I planned the entire wedding while he was um, sleeping. Book the venue, everything. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think that takes off the pressure to having it be smaller and it'll be special too that Cyrus will be able to be in those yeah. pictures too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm so That's excited. so cute. Sweet. Okay. Do you have, I know this is probably like a hard question. You probably get asked it all the time, but do you have like a number one favorite product? Oh, that's so hard. It's like picking my favorite cat, which is obviously Nala. She's my <laughs> Sorry to the other cat. She makes, she makes her case. She spends time with me. She loves me. If they wanted to be number one, they should try harder. But um, True. I think it would be Alpharet, honestly, just because I've seen it make such a big difference in so many of my clients' skin and my skin. I love Alpharet. It's the best. Do you have a specific Alpharet or just like any of the Alpharets? Any three of them, honestly, are just so good. And I switch them up depending on like how I'm feeling or honestly what's closest to me if we're being really honest. I'm like, that's close. <laughs> we'll do something. <laughs> yep. awesome. you ever do that with your skincare, like your moisturizer? You just are like, which one's like easiest for me to grab? And then you use that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. My shelf is filled to the brim and it, it's something new all the time. <laughs> I love it. Um, what's your favorite treatment to do or to have done? I like microneedling. It's so good because it just fixes everything, obviously, except acne. Um, and I think my clients just feel so good afterwards with the results. And you just glow different. I love microneedling. My favorite, for Amazing. sure. Yeah. Um, I saw one time you'd microneedled with PRX. Oh, yes. I did. I just tried that two days ago. And I'm still like healing from it. But holy crap, it's so spicy. But I'm like so excited for the results. <laughs> Oh, it was so spicy though. I'm such a baby with treatments too. Like I oh, am the worst. Me too. Yeah. Um, sorry. Did you have something? No, you're good. I was just going to ask, do you do treatments on yourself? Like do you do monthly treatments on yourself or have like favorites that you do for yourself? I used to guys back in the, you know what? The best thing, what I miss about not being booked. I had the best skin then. Okay. Cause I did <laughs> everything. I was like, no shell face mask, no show cancellation. Oh, I have one client today. Let's do like a full body enzyme. I mean, I <laughs> did so much on me. And then too, you know, before I had my son, I had so much more time. Um, but I try to do the skin better peel at home. Cause it only stays on for three minutes. I can do it in the bathtub, super easy, no downtime, but I need to get back to doing my like monthly microneedlings. It's just been so difficult. Yeah. Well, your skin is amazing. Really it looks so pretty. <laughs> do you use, um, what is it when I've seen you microneedle? Is it stem? Do you use the stem cells when you microneedle? Yes. Yeah. Not on everybody, just if they want to like upgrade to it, but I love the stem cells. It's super good. So it's actually derived from bone marrow from healthy 18 to 25 year old females. So it's like good stuff. Amazing. I asked my rep, I was like, what if I like got my own bone marrow. Could I use it? And she was like, did you know it's illegal to do that? That you can't use your own goods? I hate what? that. I it's know. Like you take your placenta after you have a baby. It's like $50,000. Like yeah. they, they like sell it for like $50,000. But it's, like they regulate our bodies for everything. They're like, you can't sell your body for sex. You can't have your bone marrow. You can't have your placenta. And it's like, it's my body. But then they can sell it, make it make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we, you could donate your bone marrow and like we could have it, but like you couldn't get your bone marrow and like keep it. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. So I think I might yeah. start a black market business of like giving people their own bone marrow. Don't tell me. I'll support it. Let me know if you do. I will, I will buy your bone marrow to my, <laughs> right? to my skin. 
It's so funny. Because she's from Madonna tried to do that or something. And she was like trying to like get her bone marrow and like make a serum and like sell it, which like everyone would probably buy. Um, and they're like, no, it's like illegal. Like she can't sell her bone marrow. Like it has to be like donated from like random people. Like it can't be like, oh, it's my bone marrow. Stupid. Huh. Yeah. I hate this country. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, we're getting towards the end of our questions. Um, but you are the skin gal, but do you have any other hobbies outside of the treatment room that you love to do? Oh my God, I'm so boring. Um, I like shopping. I like to take baths and I love to eat. I love eating. Like eating is my favorite activity. Like I like when you like just are so ravished at the end of a day and then you go to like a restaurant and you sit down and you get either like bread or salsa and you just get to like mm-hmm. eat. Like I just like eating out. I love to eat out. Oh, love it. Same. Um, Another favorite hobby of mine. I honestly am so boring, guys. I don't like I feel like that's why my everyone's like, you never have separation from work. And I'm like, because it's my also my hobby. Like I fucking love it. Like I live and breathe it. So it never feels like I'm working. Unless I'm with clients. But like when I'm at home and like posting my skincare, like I'm not like, oh, I'm like, oh my God. Like, you know, it's just it's fun. I love it. I love, I love my job. So um, yeah, I don't really have hobbies. It's sad. I should get some, but I don't have time for them. So I, I feel know. like as we get older too, like at least I do, I feel like it's been so much harder because it's like, okay, I go to work, then I come home and I'm making graphs for myself or you yeah. just want to spend time with like Cyrus or your family and things yeah. like that. So, oh, definitely. Awesome. I'm all about chilling out and relaxing. I like mm-hmm. to be a home buddy. Yes, for sure. Love it. Um, okay, last question. Sorry, we've had you for a really long oh, time. Oh, fine. I'm like, I could keep going. We could do a 17-hour podcast. I love y'all. You will someday. <laughs> Put it in the books. Okay, y'all. Um, okay, any advice for new estheticians? Don't give up. Don't compare yourself to other people. Seriously. Like, I was that, like I said in the beginning, I was that girl that literally was like, there's no room. Like, I'm a new esthetician. No one's going to listen to me. Like, I didn't have good skin. I was like, you know, I can't be an esthetician. Like, I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm going to be working for other people. And look where I am today. So I just want you to know that, like, you can make room for yourself. Like, yeah, the industry's saturated for sure, but there's not you, right? There, It's missing you. And so I think once you take that mindset away of that you're not special and that you'll never be anything, like, things and opportunities open up and you just think differently and you act differently and, like, you're more willing to post and you don't feel like, why am I posting this to have three likes? Well, one day those three likes might be 3000 likes or, you know, 3 million likes. You never know until you try. No one just becomes successful. You have to put in the work and you have to keep going. You can't just, you know, think, oh my gosh, because I'm so small now, I'm going to be small forever. You have to get out of that mindset. Um, and then, yeah, I would just say always grow. Um, take everything you hear in the industry with a grain of salt. Everyone has so many opinions, form your own. It's good. Even if you don't agree with someone to listen to what they have to say, because I love hearing different perspectives. And I think it's so healthy just to be able to like, I like that, you know, I like to hear like what everyone thinks about things and let it marinate in my head and then be like, do I like that? Do I I agree? Do I not agree? Um, And yeah, I think just being kind too. always, you know, lead with kindness. And when your intentions are pure, like good things happen and good people and good clients will come into your life. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. You truly are such an inspiration to all of us. Um, And that was just great advice. And do you have anything else you want to add for our listeners? I just appreciate y'all so much for inviting me. This is so much fun. I want to do more podcasts like this with y'all for sure. And thank you guys for listening. And 
just being such sweet supporters, like it means so much to me. And yeah, I just am so excited. And I'm so excited that we were able to do this. And I did my hair scan. Funny story about this too. I thought she wanted my spit. And my team was like, wait, are they making a voodoo doll? And I was like, no. I was like, you want your hair and your spit. And uh, they're so funny. My best friend Tyler was like, are they cloning you? And I was like, no, babe. Like, they're not cloning me. Literally asking you, like, for, like, your information and then, like, for samples of things. I was like, she's going to think, like, I'm no. so creepy. No, like, because at first I didn't know it was DNA. you. And this is before we knew it was you because I was like – I had when I first saw it, I was like, who the hell is Steven and why does he want my saliva in my hair? Yes. So I was like, what the fuck? And so then we were like, that's when we were like, they're trying to collect some where they're like, do you know a Steven? I was like, I don't know a Steven. And I was like, who would send you this? Like this random test, like who would send it? And I like sat there for a minute and I was like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do a hair scan. I bet it's from this girl. And so I went and I was like, looked at the DMs and I DM'd her and I was like, I just want to make sure it's Steven. She's like, yes. yeah. And I was yes. like, oh, bless. I was like, okay, it's all, we're, I was like, we're fine, guys. This is, this is, I knew about this. We're good. Because everyone was like, don't send your hair until you know who Steven is. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Did you like, did you get like a sample like to spit in? No, but it said it on the instructions. So I think like okay. maybe there was like, it said like there might be a sample jar, but then we didn't see it. So then we were like, oh, let's get creative and put it like in a Ziploc bag. And so we did yeah. that. We took it out. <laughs> I was like, I'm not just going to send you. her a bag of my spit. Thank you. I did not need the spit. But no, I thought that was funny. Because so we do like a kid scan and adult scan. And the kid scan, you do saliva and hair. Um, and so that's why I think it says it on instructions. But that was really funny. And I was I was dying when you were texting or messaging oh, yeah, I was me. Like, I put it in a bag if that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I am dead. That's so funny. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We will continue to talk to you off air, but we're just going to close out the podcast. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this week's episode with the one and only Savannah Boda. We are so grateful we had you on, Savannah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Bye. guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Skin Club podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We would love to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram at the Skin Club podcast. Feel free to message us for recommendations on future episodes and let us know what you would like to hear on the next podcast episode. Thanks for listening.